Did the refs screw over the Pelicans in the OT loss to the Denver Nuggets? I'm not saying no. It's the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday. It all had to come crashing down in pretty kind of insufferable fashion, I think, is definitely safe to say. As the Pelicans' four-game winning streak comes to an end to the Denver Nuggets, it was a final of 138-130. The refs screw over the Pelicans. We're going to talk about that in the first segment. It's, it's. I'm not saying no. I'm not entirely saying yes either, but certainly they did them no favors. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so the Pelicans lost to the Denver Nuggets in overtime, 138-130. You watched the game, I'm sure you did. The, the refs in there were brutal. They were brutal on both sides. They were brutal against Denver, too. They were also really brutal against New Orleans. And this one really comes down to free throw disparity. Because this is a game that New Orleans could have won, right? You're down 21 in the first half. You storm back to take an 11-point lead. You were up 7 with like a couple of possessions basically to go in the fourth quarter. Had chances to win it. And the refs seemingly tried to, <laughs> you know, not not help you in any sort of way. So were they screwed? If it wasn't for the refs, do they win this game? Yes and no. The refs didn't help though, right? The Pelicans in this one took 29 free throw attempts. The Denver Nuggets had 43, including 21, 21 in the fourth quarter. Aaron Gordon, Aaron freaking Gordon, took 15 free throws in this game. His average... On the season, 2.8 per game. It's a five times as many as he normally go, you know, as many times as he normally goes to the line. Yeah, that's going to look a little bit odd, right? And I think it's really kind of compounded by the fact that Denver whined. Like, they whined. After every call down the stretch that did not go their way, they were jumping up and down, they were screaming, Aaron Gordon straight up punched a ball at one point, you saw someone do that earlier, forget exactly who it was on the Denver Nuggets, and they got a um, a technical foul against them for it, it was uh, Bryn Forbes who did it, so when you kind of see some of that and the inconsistency, you know, it's, it's frustrating if you're a fan of a team to see the refs kind of be like that, because CJ McCollum at one point got a technical foul called against him in the first half and basically just said that dude traveled. Aaron Gordon loved taking four steps in this one regularly and the refs just never, never called it ever. CJ McCollum gets teed up for just going, he traveled when he clearly traveled. And so to see the Denver Nuggets then not get those same type of calls against them when like, come on, right? 
Jokic almost took off his jersey at one point on a foul that was called against the Pelicans that sent him to the line for two. That's not great. So the refs did New Orleans no favors. But at the same point, like, they had chances to win it, right? They did. They were at, they, they could have won it at the free throw line in the fourth quarter. Brandon Ingram missed free throws. So did Devontae Graham. You make one of those. This game's over, and you don't need to worry about the refs, right? The refs are never going to make it easy on you, just like the opponent isn't going to make it easy on you. Should the refs have been better? Yeah, but New Orleans had chances to win this, and they didn't convert. They had no answer for Nikola Jokic down the stretch. He scored 30 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. And it the, the Denver Nuggets needed that type of performance to win the game. That kind of says a lot about the Pelicans here, right? And how good they've been and how good they looked in the second half until they ran out of gas. And you're in the altitude of Denver. You're going into overtime kind of looking a little bit sluggish. Your offense is going to drop off an efficiency cliff. That's a lot of basketball in a very tough environment. And the, and the crowd there was hostile, was loud. They were into it. The fact that New Orleans played this well, managed to send it to overtime with all of those things kind of working against them, testament to this team and the, the mental edge that they have and the mentality that they have instilled in them by Willie Green, who also had a great challenge to overturn a call that was a big swing. So I love what we saw out of New Orleans. They needed to close a little bit better. You know, there was no answer for Nikola Jokic. Not that there was one, and Jonas Valanciunas fouling out of this game certainly hurt, and that was, you know, aided by the refs to a certain degree, too. So, it was just kind of, sorry, one of those nights where, you know, I don't know. They fought hard. They 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 screwed up themselves a lot in this one. you got to make your free throws, right? you got to find a better way to defend Jokic. Not that that's, like, an easy thing to do. And if you do that, you win the game. They had their opportunities to win the game despite what was going on with the refs. And it took a stat line from Jokic that has like never been done before in the NBA in playoffs of the regular season. 46 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds, 3 steals, 4 blocks. 3 made threes. It's, it's an incredible performance. He doesn't go like you know all MVP on them and is simply just all NBA guy. The Pels win. So there was a lot of good from them in this game, but it was just, I don't know, it's one of those things, right? I'm not I'm not upset after this one because they played so well and it kind of had all this other stuff going against them. So yeah, the refs impacted this to a degree. I don't know if it cost them the game necessarily when they had opportunities to win the game despite that, but it didn't help them by any stretch. And you could see the disparity in the calls, the amount of calls, and then the type of calls with the Pelicans just not getting though seeing the Denver Nuggets get called for things that they had been called for. So the consistency wasn't there. We even saw Michael Malone get tossed to try and kind of help his team out with that. And that really did also swing the game a little bit. New Orleans, even in the fourth quarter, right, or sorry, in overtime at one point, left a shooter wide open. I forget who it was. He took the shot, missed the shot. New Orleans had a man advantage down low to grab a defensive rebound. If they get that there in this game, in overtime, and they let Aaron Gordon get it, and he just went back up for a put-back layup. Second chance points when they had a man advantage down there to box people out and couldn't get it done. Like, that's on the Pels. That's not on the refs. Some of this is on the refs, too. But things like that, if you're not going to do that when you have that advantage and you should box out, you should get that defensive board, yeah, you're probably not going to win the game. And that's, you know, those are the type of things that also cost New Orleans, again, along with the refs, too. So coming up, let's talk about this game a little bit more. What New Orleans do well to get back into this one because they started to look pretty good as the game went on. Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode. 
of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of year where you might have given up on your New Year's resolution. You try to eat healthier. It's kind of difficult, right? It's not the easiest thing to do. Well, I'm sticking to mine this year of cutting out a lot of sugars and things like that. And that's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution to do it because I look forward to eating these things because they are so good. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and it tastes like a candy bar because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're healthy for you. So when I get those sugar cravings, anything like that, grab a Built Bar, take a bite or eat the whole thing because it's so awesome. Gets rid of that and I'm sticking to what I want, which is to eat a little bit cleaner and a little bit healthier. And you've got to try their Puff Bars. And if you haven't, you're missing, missing out on one of the best tasting built bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're light. It's not just a protein bar, it's basically a treat. And they're also covered in 100% real chocolate. These bars are low in calorie, high in protein. So replace your candy bars or snacky things with built bars. They're better for you. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to anything else. I have a couple boxes here. The coconut brownie chunk. I love the mint brownie, the churro puff bar. I have white chocolate raspberry too. All of them are great. And Built Bars, so good. It's better than whatever protein bar you're trying right now. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and then get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You need the context around it. You're not going to get that from a box score by just looking at what happened in the NBA. Our local experts giving you basically a one-minute rundown on every single game. The whole show is like 10 minutes total. Great way to recap everything that happened the night before in the association. Okay, so we're talking about the Denver Nuggets beating the Pelicans 138-130. Overtime, heroic performance from Nikola Jokic. And yeah, the reps played a factor in this one. Again, testament to New Orleans that they were able to overcome a lot of that adversity, send it to, you know, have it go to overtime in the first place, get a lead, an 11-point lead, even if that evaporated. Still a team that's growing, figuring some things out. And look, this is a game where if you had Larry Nance Jr. in there, he probably does a much better job on Jokic than Billy Hernan Gomez did. Who, look! Fought admirably and just wasn't able to get it done. And now Zion is back in town, right? We saw the pictures of him at church yesterday. He was also, I think, at like a dog store too. I I saw that photo as well. You know, I don't know if he's playing. They kind of played down that he's not coming back anytime soon on the broadcast. But there's a reinforcement somewhere. You know, the cavalry could be coming in. If T-Bob Bear, my good friend, is listening to the show, what is it? At dawn of the third day, fifth day? I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy. You'll see Gandalf riding in. That's Larry Nance Jr. and that's Zion right there. Someone can correct me in the comments on YouTube. So the Pelicans are playing still good basketball despite the disappointing loss. But getting that big win over the Utah Jazz really put them in a good position for this game. And then the next one coming up against the Memphis Grizzlies 2 in Memphis on Tuesday. They're going to be coming out kind of firing after losing to the Houston Rockets. Don't want to kind of be embarrassed like that. But New Orleans played well. Like, New Orleans played really well, I thought, in this one. I want to start with Jackson Hayes, who got the start in this one. and looked really, really good. The Denver Nuggets were testing him early on. They were going at him defensively to see if he was the weak link there. Oftentimes he is, but he, he wasn't. He doesn't match up well in this, right? Like, he would have struggled defending Nikola Jokic. So... Looking at, you know, kind of how he played, I liked what we saw out of him, right? Scored six points, basically just working off ball the entire time. 
you know, including an assist to him from Jonas Valanciunas. That 4-5 two-man game has been really good. Limited minutes for him in this one, but he looked excellent. Blocked a shot, played some like above average defense in this one. Springy big that gave you options when you're playing in the half court. And again, working off ball is really important for him. And you're starting to really see him develop. Six rebounds too. You know, his defensive rebound is, de ugh, sorry, defensive rebounding has really improved as time has gone on. And then you've got to credit just the Pugles as a whole for having the resilience to battle back in this one. They easily could have packed it in. Easily could have packed it in being down 21 in the first half and just mailed in the rest of the game. In the altitude, you don't want to deal with all of that. You could easily just say, screw it, no, I'm not going to do this. And they didn't. They battled back, and the bench sparked them and got them back into this one, and Jose Alvarado was a big reason why. Again, he didn't do anything in the stat sheet that really jumps out at you. He made two threes in a couple of possessions. Those were big because they sparked a New Orleans run. But he gave you some defense, too, and just provided energy in a more or less cameo appearance in this one. 10 minutes of action, a plus 17. That stretch where he didn't play before the All-Star break should haunt Willie Green a little bit. And I'm glad we're seeing him in this one. Again, the length of the Denver Nuggets were going to give him a lot of trouble, given that he's undersized. But a spark plug off of the bench for when, you know, a guy like Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum is on the bench. And you saw them on the bench at times. At least New Orleans keeps one of them out on the court for the most part, right? And Brandon Ingram was cooking. 38 points on the night, 9 assists. 12 of 24 shooting, 3 of 7 from deep. It's a pretty good number right there. And then 11 of 13 from the free throw line. He got it going. He didn't score a point in the first quarter. To rebound, no pun intended, I guess, to come back like that and be able to score throughout the rest of the game it was really good. He, he lost to kind of in, the four, in overtime. It's almost a little bit expected, right? Again, you're in the altitude. You're tired at that point. He'd been playing a lot. He played 40 minutes in this game. You know, your, your offense is going to become less efficient unless you're Jokic, who's used to playing there and is the MVP, right? He's a better player than Brandon Ingram is. Ingram fought, though, and at times was absolutely cooking and getting this team to a potential victory in the lead that they had. And same for C.J. McCollum, 24 points on the night on 19 shots. His three-point shot wasn't falling, but that mid-range was absolutely there for him. Nine assists for him, five rebounds, best part, one turnover. He's excellent, man, and he just requires so much attention from the defense that it opens things up so much more. Brandon Ingram is getting better quality looks because teams have to account for C.J. McCollum. He's already second on the team and off the dribble threes. Pull up threes, right? That's huge. You have to guard a guy like that, and you haven't been able to say that all the time about some of the Pelicans players where you don't need to guard them all the time. That's... Such a nice added element, and it's nice to have multiple guys who are scorers on this team, and that's why you're seeing this offense really take off right now. They haven't had that all season. These guys battled in this one, right? Even Jonas Valanciunas, despite fouling out 19 points against Nikola Jokic, who's actually good defensively now, 14 rebounds too. He battled. It's all you can ask for this team in kind of adverse circumstances. They fought hard. They looked you know what? Pretty good. Tony Snell, despite going two of two, though, I didn't think was excellent in this one. Hernan Gomez just can't do anything defensively. Not that he should be, right? Against Nikola Jokic, too. Um, so there you go. You know, they fought hard. There's some reinforcements arriving. You know, I don't really know what else to say a ton when, about this when it comes to this one. So coming up, I want to talk about this. I teased it over the weekend show, right? There is one thing defensively that worries me for the Pelicans that I think could be a potential problem for them. Their defense has been good recently. 
But is it a little bit, a little bit of smoke and mirrors? And I, and I think it might be to a certain degree. And you actually saw it in this game against the Denver Nuggets that if this gets figured out by opponents, that defensive rating is going to drop a little bit. So let's talk about what that is coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for the season, but basketball full steam ahead. Both pro and college hoops were getting towards the big dance. So for the latest odds, totals, player props, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to whatever sport they might be playing. They got odds for it over at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free, absolutely free, no paywall or anything like that. Five days a week, available wherever you get your podcast. Even coming to you all over the weekend after that big win over the Utah Jazz, a bonus show. That was the biggest moment of the season. I know you all wanted a show. We were here delivering it. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment as well. And for your second listen, Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. He was just boots on the ground at the combine. That's awesome. That's so freaking awesome to me that he was actually there getting you great coverage. He's excellent. Go make Locked On Saints your second listen. Okay, so I've talked about on the weekend show, the bonus show, the Pelicans defense has been good. They're third best since February 1st. Okay, this is good. They're, they were 11th best since January 1. They've been until this game. It'll change after this, and I don't have the numbers yet. They were one after the all-star break but i'm not fully believing in the defense just yet there's a couple of things it's one thing that worries me right so they're getting more turnovers which is fueling their offense by getting into the fast break and getting easy points in transition they're also just playing faster in general too but one thing that has been going on for them right now is opponents are missing wide open three-point shots and it's not due to the Pelicans forcing misses. It's just teams missing open looks. We're used to that here in New Orleans on the offensive end, right? The three-point shot for New Orleans was bad for most of the season. Now that luck's starting to hit their opponents. And I don't know if this is sustainable, right? New Orleans on the season is actually in the bottom th uh, third. They rank 23rd when it comes to opponent three-point percentage at 35.7%. Since February 1st, teams are shooting just 31.7% against New Orleans from three. So that is a difference of 4%. That's a lot. Denver in this one, right? 30.3% from three. A lot of those were wide open looks that were just missed. Part of it was you had Aaron Gordon going 0 for 5 from three, and you actually want him taking that shot over other shots. He's not a great three-point shooter. But... New Orleans is seeing this be a trend, and I went back and watched a lot of the three-point attempts that opponents have been taking against them, and they're open looks. New Orleans, on their rotations on the perimeter, are very, very slow at times, right? You saw it in this one. Tony Snell was really late on some rotations. So was Najee Marshall. They're not closing out in the way that they should. They're not recognizing where the open man is, and they're scrambling to try and recover, and it's leading to open threes. The opponents are just bricking. I'm happy they're bricking them right now. 
But if opponents start making those shots, this number in their defensive ranking dramatically changes. Dramatically changes. There's a reason the defense hasn't been good all season long. Despite their good run of form since February, they're just 18th out of 30th. Feels like it should be a little bit better than that. That's how bad they were to start the year. And going in, you know, even in January. So if teams start making these wide open looks against them, which should happen, it's a regression to the mean. It works both ways. Go from bad to good and, and overly good to you know average. Um, or sorry, bad to average and overly good to average. You will see this team start to struggle. Because on a three-point make, it is tougher to get out and run because there's guys getting back a little bit easier. If it's a make under the basket, they got to travel back further to get set and defend against you. So New Orleans can even run on an inbound. But it's tougher to do when it's on a made three. This is something that is worth keeping an eye on. I don't know if it's going to remain this way or not, but it's something that I'm watching. If all of a sudden teams start making threes against New Orleans, I'm going to be a little bit worried about where this defense could be with the, you know, as the season goes on. That could be a big problem. It's something that's worth keeping an eye on. It's not biting New Orleans just yet. And I hope it doesn't. And I hope they can kind of figure this out and get better rotations. They definitely need to. Otherwise, this is something that could potentially sink their season to a certain degree. All right. Let me know in the YouTube comments below. Do the refs... I I know what you're all going to say. Did the refs screw over the Pelicans in this loss against the Denver Nuggets? And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit more about Zion and team chemistry. I've gotten this question more so than anything else. I also want to look at CJ McCollum and his offense, what he's brought to the team. And now for your second listen, Locked on NBA, Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. I'm on there every Wednesday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.